Welcome to Socialette, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in launching and online marketing. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a corporate dropout turned launch strategist, helping you launch your digital products simply and successfully so you can reach more people, grow your audience, and become the go-to brand in your space. Want to swipe my signature launch framework? Download my free ebook, The Complete Roadmap for a Killer Launch at stephtaylor.co forward slash roadmap. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 284. Now, today's guest is on a mission to help as many people as possible speak with confidence, clarity, and charisma. Sally Prosser is a lovely, lovely former TV journalist and company spokesperson. And I came across her at a networking event that I was speaking on a panel at probably about a year ago. And let me tell you, when you're speaking at an event, the last thing you want to do is meet a voice coach right before you're about to go on stage and hold a microphone. <laughs> it's It was quite, because um, she's just got such a beautiful voice, right? So it was quite, for me, it was quite challenging because I'd never actually paid attention to how my voice sounded when I was on stage. And suddenly having a voice coach in the audience made me aware of this. So Sal is the host of the That Voice podcast. She's an even better host of her signature voice and vineyard nights. And she's built a following of more than 185,000 on TikTok, which is pretty impressive. And that is one of the things we're going to be chatting about in today's episode. We're going to chat about how she got started with TikTok, the impact that it's had on her business as a voice coach, and her top tips for anyone who's wanting to try TikTok. Some of the other things that we chatted about in this episode included why it's super important for business owners and entrepreneurs to care about their voice. Even if you're not into public speaking or podcasting, we chatted about the big mistakes that she sees people making when it comes to their voice and with speaking, what to do if you want to launch a podcast, but you don't love your voice. And then we finished up with some actionable tips for podcasters to implement right away to start sounding better on their podcast. So without any further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey, Sally, welcome to Socialette. Thanks for having me, Steph. Great to be here. I was just saying before we hit record how incredibly nerve wracking it is recording a podcast with a voice coach and how like conscious I am of how I talk right now. So (laughs) I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate how beautiful your voice sounds in this recording. Oh my goodness. Well, I do have a little bit of morning voice still and I was madly doing warm-ups and drinking tea in the five minutes before right now. (laughs) I would love to say that I've been doing warm-ups, but I have not. (laughs) So Sally, for my listeners who aren't familiar with you, they haven't come come across you on Instagram or TikTok, who are you and what do you do? Well, I'm a voice coach, which can be very deceptive because most people ask me then, oh, like singing. I say, no, no, not like singing, like speaking. (laughs) And then people say, oh, so you work with actors or journalists? And that's true. I do work with those people as well. But like I say in my podcast, unless you've sworn a lifetime vow of silence, this is for you. So I really work with people from all walks of life, right through from maybe wanting to get more confidence to speak to run a Pilates class, right through to having to address the board. So any kind of speaking that you have to do, I can help with. 
I love it. So how did you get started in the voice coaching space? It's kind of a, it's a pretty niche area. I guess it is. And I'm a bit different because, well, I guess everybody's different because we've all got different backgrounds. Mm. Mine is, I started out as a speech and drama teacher. So anyone out there who's done the Steadfords and that kind of thing, that's what I was doing, teaching little kids tongue twisters in the front room of my parents' house growing up. So that was great. Then at uni, I did journalism and law, actually. But look, it became very clear that the only bar that I was ever going to end up at was the one with a happy hour. So that that didn't work out. And so I started reading the news on the local radio station and worked in journalism, in television and radio. And then I crossed to the dark side. So this is what we say when people go from journalism to PR, crossing Ah. to the dark side. And I became the glamour girl for Brisbane City's sewerage service, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know we had a glamour girl for the sewerage service. Wow. There you go. I remember (laughs) having to, uh, yeah, so I worked for the city's water and sewerage company and I'd be down there when there's a burst water main with my hard hat on talking to the media, often pulling out my pearl earrings at the same time because that just didn't look like a good combination. And so while I was there, that was a a corporate setting, I really realised that I had all of these skills that I took for granted Mm. and didn't realise they were special. And I think every business owner can relate to that. At some point they go, oh, I know some stuff that maybe some other people would like to know. And one of the situations was I was in a meeting and I walked out and a girl said to me, Sally, you always say what you want to say in meetings. I say, yeah. She said, how do you do that? <laughs> so I thought, we can't have this. So we sat down and talked about it. And then over t- time, it was bubbling away in my mind. And I thought, I'm going to do this. No kids, no pets, no boyfriend at the time. What have I got to lose? And then I've, what I do now is a combination of all of those things. So I work with journalists and I work with uh, anyone in corporate as well, and also do media training. And you work with business owners. I certainly do. Yeah. So I'd love to know, Sally, like in your words, why do you think it's important that business owners care about how their voices sound when they speak? I mean, is it like, is it something that they only need to worry about if they're speaking on a stage or if they're speaking on a podcast, or is it something that all business owners should be conscious of? Absolutely. Anytime you speak, anytime you're talking to a client on the phone or recording a video for social or presenting on stage or a lot of business owners say to me, Sal, I've been asked to speak on a panel and I don't know what to say or I don't know how to say it. And it's really important because as a business owner, we want people to have confidence in us and they want to feel like we're competent and we know what we're doing even if we're pretending some of the time, right? So (laughs) we can portray that in our voice. And it breaks my heart when I see business owners who I know, know their stuff. They're amazing. Mm. But they do some things like maybe use that rising inflection at the end of the line, Uh, maybe use a bit of vocal fry, that that thin kind of sound, and um, like lots of filler words. By the way, filler words aren't the enemy. But when you're combining all of these things together, purely from the voice, it's creating a perception that's not true of the person. Right. It doesn't make you feel confident that they know what they're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I just noticed I had a little bit of vocal fry just then. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Story (laughs) of my life. And, And we all have it. I think that the most important thing is to develop a good relationship with your voice. So most people say, Sal, I hate the sound of my voice playback. Like I just cringe and I don't want to listen to it. And 
you would be able to relate to this too, doing the podcast is you need to start enjoying your voice or at least getting used to it because the more you do, it's kind of like a pet, (laughs) the love and attention you give it, (laughs) the more it's going to bring you happiness and love you back. (laughs) I love that analogy. Yeah. And so I say, this is why I work a lot with confidence because the way we feel about our voice definitely has an impact on how we sound. And all you need to do is run the swim up cocktail bar test. The swim up cocktail bar test is everyone sounds great when they're in that situation. We're relaxed. We're feeling good. Our air is flowing. We've got no tension in the throat. It's just the times when we're feeling a bit anxious or unsure or haven't practiced that often our voice does weird things on us. Yeah, I like that. So filler words, vocal fry, and what was the third one? Oh, the rising inflection. The rising inflections. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, or, or rising intonation. I like that. Those, so those three are three big things that I feel like most of us can work on. What other big mistakes do you see business owners making when they're, you know, up on stage or even, you know, presenting to a client or something like that? Oh, I might give you two. Yeah, sure. First one is body language. So if we imagine mm. our voice as an instrument, it, it is an instrument, we have to set it up properly before we play. You'd never play a guitar yeah. by holding it out and trying to play it. Setting up is always <laughs> the first thing that we do. And so with the setup, wear your Victoria's Secret angel wings. <laughs> that will certainly <laughs> bring your shoulders back. Channel your inner meerkat. Helps lift your head up. Oh, yeah. And also ground your feet. So even if you're on a panel where you're on one of those weird bar stools, hopefully you can reach the bottom of it. But you want to be grounded to something, mm. you know, not swinging on chairs in meeting rooms, again, depending on the context. But if we can ground ourselves, that will give us a real good base to our voice. So when I'm working with lots of people, I always say our sound is often sabotaged before it's even made. It's the mindset we're in. It's what our body's doing. It's what our breath's doing. That's all so important before we even make a sound. The second thing I'd say is vocal variation. So we want to have an unpredictable voice. Unpredictable because that's what's engaging. If if people say, oh, you have a loud voice or a fast voice or a slow voice, we, we don't want that. We want to always be keeping people guessing, matching what we're saying. So be able to go up, be able to go down slow it down when we're talking about the past or speaking about something we might want someone to take a bit more time with. But then we can speed it up when we're talking about the future because it's exciting. You know, so there's all these variations that we can use in our voice. And it's kind of like all you need to do is watch the presenters on children's TV shows. Mm. <laughs> and we've got to, in a way, as adults, we still love the same things we do as kids. And that's lots of expression and lots of variation keeping us guessing. Wow. There's so many things to remember. So I just want to touch on that mindset stuff a little bit more. What are the common mindset struggles that you see business owners dealing with when it comes to their voice? Other than obviously the ones you've touched on already, you know, being afraid or or like not, not being confident in their voice or being afraid or feeling unconfident with what they're trying to say. What other mindset struggles do you see? Oh, mostly linked to the imposter syndrome. So that feeling mm-hmm. of being, when you're asked to speak, oh, I um, don't want to do it. Why, can't they yeah. ask someone else? Why have they asked me? What do I know about this? 
I so get that. Just like <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's real. Really? That's the boss. <laughs> boss <minute. laughs> we want to replace that with I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm grateful for the opportunity. The next one is, oh, they won't like it. I don't want to put out a video on social because they won't like it. Um, I don't want to speak in front of people because, you know, they don't want to listen to me. Now, the thing is, is social media, we, we know as consumers, if we're not into something, it's very, very easy to scroll on or turn off. And yeah. podcasting, for example, nobody is running around jamming headsets into people's ears, forcing you to listen to podcasts, right? <laughs> and same with events that we're speaking at. No one's forcing anyone to be in the audience. And so we really want to be thinking that people want to listen to us. Mm. They want to listen to us. And I'd say the last one is any sort of variation of may the ground open up and swallow me, satellite me out of here, turn on the fire alarm, (laughs) make me disappear. Any of these feelings where we just don't want to be there. And I really believe in the mantra, I deserve this space. Mm. I deserve this space. And that's why it's good to imagine you're wearing your angel wings because it gives you that feeling that you take up so much more space and you deserve to be there. You deserve to be on that phone call. You deserve to be speaking to that audience. You deserve to be on that podcast. That's my motivation for the day. <laughs> you <deserve laughs> <your space. laughs> I love that. And I, I can totally relate to that because we've all been at the event where, you know, we've seen the speaker and it's just so obvious that they don't want to be there. And it's actually painful to watch as an, as somebody in the audience, you feel bad for them. So I love that tip. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it as an act of service. So, so often when we're speaking, we really go deep into Mimi Island. Me, 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 me. What are they (laughs) going to think of me? I'm so nervous. I can't do this. I'm not good at speaking. And we make it all about us. But when you go out there and say, you know what? You're not the center of attention. The audience is the center of yours. And that's from my favorite TED talk. It's called The Art of Being Yourself (laughs) by Caroline. I love that. You're not the center of attention. The audience is the center of yours. So when you turn it into, wow, I'm not doing this for me and it's not about me, I'm there to give value. I find that helps with nerves. It takes the pressure off and it also helps you convey more warmth to the audience. Yeah, that that there, I find that applies to so many things in business. You know, I believe that it applies to selling. When you're selling something, it's not about, you or what you're selling. It's about how you're helping your audience. Same with the content you're posting on social media, right? It's not about, you know, me, me, me. It's about how your content is benefiting your audience. So I really love that you touched on that because it's so important. And I feel like sometimes when we're in that spotlight or we're getting onto that panel it is very easy to shift into the, oh, it's all about me. Everyone's watching me rather than thinking about how we're serving our audience. So thank you for that. Now, I know you recorded a TikTok video on this topic and I, I this one's just for the Aussies who are listening. I would love to know where do you find Aussies are going wrong with how they talk? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to pick on one group. Uh, And this is not just for Australians. What do we do? I say generally we don't open our jaw jaw much when we speak. (laughs) Hey, mate, how you going? How about the footy, eh? Oh, yeah. How long are we going to be in lockdown? It's almost, and I say it's amazing that we haven't produced more ventriloquists. (laughs) We speak so much without opening our jaw. And that's because we get a lot of tension. So one of the warm-ups that I often do is just giving yourself a little jaw massage 
and then bringing your jaw open, doing E or R. I call that the surprise donkey, E or R. (laughs) Things like that will help loosen it up. And opening the mouth helps the sound get out and the words be clearer. We also have a bad habit with the rising inflection. Yeah, definitely. But that's not, not just Australia. No, exactly. I mean, I'm not Australian, but I've picked up a lot of the accent. <laughs> but I remember when I first moved here, I couldn't understand a lot of these people who weren't opening their mouths. It's such a, it, it's such a bizarre thing, but yeah, yeah, I like the EOR. You know, these things aren't bad or good. It's all about being understood. You know, if you're talking mm. to somebody and you don't open your jaw and they understand exactly what you're saying, no problems. Yeah. You know, the last thing I want is everybody to sound like me. And I think this is a bit of a misconception. I think that you really need to find your own voice. But Sal, people say, oh, this is just how I talk. This is my natural voice. So don't try to change me. And I say, well, voice is like your wardrobe. Mm. Imagine if you only had one outfit in your wardrobe. Funny being in quarantine, I think that served us all. (laughs) Right? (laughs) If you only had one outfit in your wardrobe, let's say it's a gym outfit. You might be fine going for a walk or going to the gym. But how would you be in that outfit in every other situation in your life? Very well, actually. Well, <laughs> maybe, exactly, right? But, but if we think about our voice like wardrobe, then the more range that we have, mm. the more access we have to different situations, yeah. and we can be 100% ourselves in all the different outfits. And feel most confident in each situation in the different outfits, right? Because, I mean, as much as I love wearing activewear at my desk and at work, I feel like a lot of, like if you were in a corporate boardroom and you were wearing activewear, you would feel so self-conscious. Yeah, absolutely right. And the same ways, you might not worry about dotting your I's and crossing your T's and speaking a little bit like, you know, everything mushed together like this. But when you go into a boardroom, it is nice to be able to elevate that speaking Mm -hmm. because it makes you feel more confident in the setting, I believe. Yeah, I love that. Okay, let's let's change tack a little bit and talk about podcasting because you now have a podcasting voice course. What's it called? Free your podcasting voice in seven days. I love that. That is such a clever name. So Sally, I often get a lot of people saying that they would love to have a podcast, but they can't do it because they don't like their voice or they don't like how they sound. Does this mean that there's just no hope for them as a podcaster? Well, I will give away the first 10 seconds of the course. And the first 10 (laughs) seconds of the course is you absolutely do have a good voice for podcasting. You know, this mindset block is one of the first things that traps our podcasting voice and doesn't free it. Yeah. So that mindset in itself is holding you back. And sure, in the course, I go through lots of different techniques you can use because I believe the more you learn about it, the more confident you'll feel. Mm. But at the end of the day, Feeling confident in your voice and believing that people want to hear it is the most important thing. So, yes, if it's holding you back, then in the course I go through some strategies that you can use, (laughs) which is not just me yelling at you saying stop thinking like that. Uh, But I really believe the mindset is so important. Yeah, that's so good. And are there any other specific things that podcasters should watch out for when it comes to their voice and podcasting? Yeah, for sure. So I talk about in part two the setup, for example. And just having an, a setup where you can move your hands, where your notes are, where you can see them. Even Steph, how I'm chatting to you right now isn't really ideal because I've got the microphone here and I'm looking at you to the side and that's yeah. distracting. So just setting up your space can make a big difference. I talked about setting up your instrument. 
if you're all hunched over, which I can relate to when I was a journalist and we'd file stories on the road, we'd often be in the front seat of the car with the cameraman's jacket over our head, using our camera light as the, our phone as the light and trying not to rustle the paper. So you can imagine that's a pretty hard situation wow. to have that nice broadcast voice in. Oh my goodness. The same yeah. thing. So you shouldn't be trying to record cramped over in, in your cupboard. Yeah. One thing I've started doing actually is, so I just bought a standing desk and I've started recording a lot of my podcast episodes standing up and it actually feels very good to do that, except for the fact that I have this tendency to like move around and then my microphone, you can kind of like hear You're me moving that, around yeah. on the microphone. <laughs> so Sally, if somebody is podcasting or they're thinking of launching a podcast, what are maybe three actionable things that they can implement straight away to get more confidence in their voice or sound better on their podcast? The first thing is write down what those negative voices are that are holding you back. Write down all the things that come into your mind. I'm not good enough to podcast, My who wants to listen to me, all of those. Put them there and then cross them out and write the opposite and then develop what I call a podcasting mantra. And I have one as well. And then you put it up before you podcast. And so it might be, mine is, you're a voice coach. Of course, a podcast is great for you. People want to listen to you. I love it. And I have that right before I record. So I get into that mindset before I do it. Uh, the other thing is, is warm up your voice. And this goes not just for podcasting, but for any speaking. It's kind of like exercise. You know, you've got to go to the gym to get fit. You've got to keep going to stay fit. And then you have to warm up before game day. And if you don't warm up, chances are you might get an injury or just not play as well as you can. And voice is the same way, the same thing. Before we podcast or even before today, I was warming up my vocal cords. I was warming up my lips, warming up my jaw, uh, practicing my deep breathing, and it's, it's a small routine. And so in the course as well, I take you through something that you can do. Wow. Okay. I feel so underprepared. This is amazing. <laughs> All right. I, the other thing I really want to chat to you today about is TikTok because you're something of a TikTok celebrity. Is that the word? TikTok influencer? I'm not familiar with the platform. Yeah. So <laughs> famous. TikTok famous. Okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> so, okay. So how the heck did a voice coach become TikTok famous on a platform that's, you know, kids dancing to music? Yeah, I guess uh, it was last year when I joined. So last year I joined in December and I didn't go viral until the end of February. So I think it's important to remember, I didn't just jump on and, and go viral. And part of it was because I'd listened to Gary V actually. Gary V said, get on TikTok. And because oh. my Instagram wasn't really growing that much and even my LinkedIn engagement had gone down a bit. So a part of me was like, okay, what, what else is out there? And I started using TikTok and I really loved it. And that's the first tip I would give. If you want to get on TikTok, become a consumer. You have to understand how it works. I share a lot of my TikToks on Instagram, but so many people without using TikTok would even understand what I'm doing because often I'm copying a trend or a mu or music that they're using. So I went on there and just started thinking about creative ways that I could talk about voice coaching <laughs> on that platform. And yeah, the 27th of February, I randomly did a video before I went to bed, didn't brush my eyelashes as thousands of people have pointed out because at that time I thought eight people were going to watch it, not <laughs> 1.5 million. 
And so that was the first video. And then since then I've built up to that was to 185,000, I think I'm at. Wow. And how has that translated into sales or inquiries or uptick in your business? Yeah, huge. So I get more inquiries through TikTok than all of my other platforms put together. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. Oh, so obviously then if somebody's thinking about giving TikTok a try, you're going to recommend it to them? Absolutely. I think that you've got to challenge the perception that it is just fun and dancing. Mm. And yes, I consider myself a bit of an amateur comedian and I try to do funny things, but you don't have to. Some of the best TikTok accounts are not funny at all. Right. You know, so you don't have to be fun and silly. There's lots of different ways to use it. And, you know, there's a psychologist on there, for example, and she just gives really serious psychology tips. She's got more than half a million followers. Wow. Okay. So you sold me. People who do artwork (laughs) get really good views. And so I just say, get on there, have a look, see if you get inspired with some ideas and yeah, give it a go. I, I, I believe that every social platform suits certain personalities. And I think I've just found mine in TikTok. (laughs) I think that's so, that's so true because you're very outgoing. You're quite bold. You're very fun. I think that definitely does suit your personality. It's kind of scary though. I mean, I was early to the Instagram game. I was early to the Facebook game. And to be honest, I've just had my head in the sand about TikTok because I just feel overwhelmed every time I think about, you know, another platform. So it feels good hearing this advice from you where he's just saying, become a consumer first. I don't even have the app on my phone. I had it, looked at it, deleted it. (laughs) Yeah. And I totally get that overwhelm. You know, my Instagram, for example, now, and please don't, please go and follow me. (laughs) Yes, please go follow Sally. (laughs) But in some ways it's become a dumping ground for my TikToks and TikTok is my Mm. focus. It's my focus platform. And I even now share my TikToks across my other platforms. And I believe, I mean, you would know much more about this, Steph, but I feel like when you really focus on one platform, that's when you can get the momentum. And I also believe it's impossible to give that focus to all of them. Exactly. A hundred percent. I mean, I spend hours each month writing my Instagram captions because that's my focus platform. But if I was focusing on Instagram and YouTube and well, I mean, I suppose I have my podcast as well uh, and then TikTok and Facebook. God, (laughs) you know, that emoji with the, with the exploding brain. That's how I feel about that. Absolutely. And TikTok really was my focus. I had in my diary every single Friday, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. And so I was just seeing that every single day because my initial goal was to make one a week. Ha ha. Now I have to make (laughs) two to three a day just to keep up with the momentum. Wow. I know. So it's a lot. I feel like I'm just constantly content creating. Uh, But yeah, I would definitely recommend whatever it is that you're focusing on just do that one thing because as soon mm. as you, oh, you, I, you would give this advice as well. As yeah. soon as you start to spread your focus too thin, nothing gets done well. Yeah. Have you found that those TikTok videos have been performing well on Instagram? Yes. I've got so much more engagement on my Instagram stories. Mm. Yeah. Sure. I love your Instagram stories. Yeah. But I think as well, I was a bit silly. I mean, I'm a voice coach and I do online programs and I'm on video all the time. And I was making my Instagram far too static. I was yeah, putting up just photos and stills when that's, people want to hear me talk, right? 
<laughs> no, I totally get that. That's awesome. Okay, well, I, I'm going to be downloading TikTok and giving that a crack. <laughs> Maybe not with actual videos myself, but definitely going to be listening to more of them, including yours. So thank you for that. Now, at the end of every episode, I have a couple of questions that I ask all of my guests. So Sally, question number one is what advice would you give to your pre-business self? My pre-business self. Oh, I feel like for me, all of that stuff I did pre-business has been so valuable in making me the businesswoman I am now. Mm-hmm. So all of that experience in jobs and, you know, I never thought I would work for myself. It's crazy yeah. now considering what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. Uh, I guess if I had to give it the best advice that I've taken on is be forgiving, forgive yourself. Don't spend all that mental energy beating yourself up about things that you could have done differently or things that you can't do or things that other people are doing and you're not. I love that. And that's the thing, right? Like all of our mistakes and all of the things that we haven't done and we have done, that all shapes our journey and brings us to where we are today. So I totally agree. It's not worth wasting that energy. Okay. Next question is what has been your biggest oops moment? Oh, I know this is related to business, but I've got a lot of them from journalism days. Ah, oh, please give us one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Once <laughs> I played the same story two nights in a row. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in regional news, you have these things called travellers. They're kind of holding stories that you can use because you've got a very, very small newsroom. You've got three people putting half an hour together and it had been slotted in without me realising. The next day I slotted it back in and it just... <gasps> Uh, in in business, I'd say that my, not an oops moment, but I've mentioned this to you before yeah. as well, Steph, is I really just overspent when I first started. I kept convincing myself that I needed to outsource and get the best and buy mm. this and buy that. And I was spending far too much money for where I was at the time and also didn't have control. And so I feel yeah. like I would say first have control of what it is you want and then outsource once you understand it yourself. Yeah, it's a tricky balance because you kind of, you don't want to get to a point where I guess you've grown and now you've got your fingers in all these pies and you're too busy to delegate any of it. But then, yeah, you also don't want to be running out of money outsourcing everything that you can't afford. So I can totally relate to that. Now, what has been your biggest growth moment? Uh, Growth. Interesting question. I would say the start of this year, mm-hmm. I was actually in Auckland. Oh. I don't know you're from over there. I was there. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? This year, I'm going to see myself as a businesswoman, not just a voice coach. Oh, I love that. And so changing the mindset into I'm a businesswoman, not a voice coach, turned it, it sort of gave me a bit more responsibility. It was a bit of a kick up the ass to say, all right, Sal. You know, you yeah. can't just flat around going, oh, I don't know how to do all these things. I'm just trying and da, da, da. no, I was like, no, I'm going to start treating some of this stuff seriously and focusing. And the other thing, because of the TikTok fame, I guess you could call it, <laughs> I've been uh, quite heavily trolled lately. Well, not so much trolled, but when you ever you get to that number, you're bound to get a lot of negative comments. And yeah. so the lesson is you have to be able to let that go. And like Brene Brown says, 
only take feedback from people who are in the arena. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you there. I got called a skid mark on the internet recently. That was fun. Most <laughs> if it's terrible. It's, I had like, somebody Photoshop the poo emoji onto my head. What? Video on TikTok calling me the most condescending woman in Australia and that I was an un-Australian twit who should, who should shut the F up. <laughs> no. about it. He was like, you have the weirdest dreams. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> this happened. And so that it does hurt because when you're getting such vitriol from people who don't know you at all, and especially that word condescending, I would hate to think that that's oh. what people are getting. But you have to just brush it off and move on. I have all my mantras recorded to my phone, and so I hear myself in my own voice giving me a pep talk, and that helps. Oh, I like that tip. That's a really good tip. That's oh, that's awful. People on the internet are so cruel they don't realize like they don't realize how their comments affect us it's I I had somebody comment on one of my Facebook ads videos saying "Ooh, her voice or her accent is so annoying like little do they know that my accent something I'm very self-conscious of because I've lived in so many different countries and like I've always been the person who speaks funny so (laughs) beautiful oh my goodness well what about me I'm I'm a voice coach and I had somebody saying the sound of my voice gives them a headache (laughs) to which I would reply there's a mute button on your phone (laughs) or just keep scrolling don't buy into it someone else said oh you have a face that deserves to be punched which is just very concerning on a lot of different levels Uh, that is awful yeah and look I'm not and I don't do I was really tempted to do the mean tweets kind of video you know when you read out Mm. mean tweets about yourself or mean comments but I really don't want to go down that path I just let it go don't give it any more energy and just yeah move on and I guess the reason that I'm sharing this today is I think people have the perception oh wow you're so going so well and have all these followers and everything's Mm. just great for you I've found and I think you might be able to relate that the more visibility you have the more vitriol you get (laughs) Yeah, but I guess like the way I've framed it in my mind, right, is you're not going to be for everybody. Your brand has to polarize some people in order to be appealing for other people. And that polar like that polarizing is really important because yeah, like otherwise you just end up being, you know, very blah. So Absolutely. That's yeah. a tip I talk about with public speaking as well. You're never going to please all the audience. So don't go in there thinking, I want everyone to like me. You're much better off to have five people love it and five people hate it than 10 people think it was okay. I love that. Wow. And on that note, Sal, where can our listeners find out more about you, your TikTok, your services, your courses? Where can we find you on the internet? Head to my TikTok. It's at Sally Prosser Voice. My Instagram and and my Facebook are also at Sally Prosser Voice. My Twitter is at Sally underscore Prosser and my website is sallyprosser.com.au because .com is already taken by somebody who's not even using the domain. I I feel your pain there. (laughs) That's why I don't own stephtaylor.com either. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Sally. This has been a lovely chat and I know our listeners are going to get so much out of this, whether they are business owners, podcasters, or, you know, somebody who's considering dabbling into TikTok. So thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. Great chatting.